Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. When we make plans for our lives... There's a danger that if we do it in ourselves, it's a bit like a human pride, really. And so we need the perspective of God on the plans of our lives. And this is what James is going to be getting at in the next few moments. And that's where we're going to go this morning in the, in the, in the brief moments that we have together. The thing about James is that he's um, very practical. For James, the writer, faith is practical. It works and it needs to work. It's not about doing lots and lots of work, but the outworking of our faith is that it, it's, it's lived out, it's practised. And so we'll see, we've seen this with looking at James. It's very much about the faith that I have, my belief in God, my trusting in Jesus Christ. It has outworked in my life, in my life, in your life. And this is the thing, it comes across in James. And so when you read James, he, he, he comes at you again and again. It's as if he's quite in your face. He has a very matter-of-fact style. It's very practical. And it's, it's, it's very much, this is what you do. You know, if you say you've got faith, then you'll obey and you'll practice it. If you don't, it's not faith. It's ve- and it's, and so it's a bit in your face. James writes in a very quite um, um, succinct and matter-of-fact way. But as I've been saying, it's, it's in some ways... Um, it's an awakening. It's a bit of a wake-up call. When you look at read James, it, it, it's like a, a, a jolt to the system. It's a wake-up call. It's a, it's a shake-up, it, you know. And that's the thing as we as we look at and as we have been looking and are looking at this series. It's it's a it's a jolt to the system. It's a wake-up call, and. Um, there's only so much of that that you can take after a while, so we will be finishing James in, the not too, in, the, in soon. But um, this is where we've been going over the last uh, number of weeks. Now, if you weren't here last, what I shared a little bit last Sunday, there's a slight overlap, I say slight, this Sunday. Last Sunday, in, in this same chapter, chapter 4, remember it's a continuous letter, wouldn't be in chapters. And so I took a bit of it, last week and we looked at um, the pollution solution you know this idea of loving the world means that we don't love God uh, we are, we're at enmity with God the world is this system of things so if you live a life that's that's gauged by the this age in which we live then you're at enmity with God and we said that the solution and that can pollute our lives and so the solution to that we, we looked at was James says love God Humble yourself, draw near to him, and he will draw near to you. And, and so um, the world, the solution to this world and living life in this world is to really love God with all your heart. And what we're going to look at today, getting perspective on our plans, has a bit of overlap with, with last, last week as well. So if you didn't hear or weren't here and, and haven't heard, have a, you might want to listen to that. And it's on our website. You can listen to that for free. You don't need to download it. You can go on Apple Podcasts. You know, you can listen and, and, and download that for free as well. So we're going to look at this and dive right in together. And um, three things that I want to look at this morning then. Um, well, there will be um, plan, pride, and perspective. 
And, and uh, this is what, what James is talking about here. It's, it's the plans we make in life. And so he says, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. In verse 13, he's speaking about the plans that people make in conducting life, in doing life. That's the gist of where where he's coming from. And um, and, and he he, he goes on to say... um, um, why do you not even know that you, you know your, 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 what, what will happen tomorrow? You don't know about your life. You appear as a mist. And then he says you ought to say that um, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this. We'll plan that and we'll go here and we'll do that. And, and then he goes on to say in verse 16, uh, as you boast in your arrogant schemes, he, he, he classes the, the plans that the people were making without God as being arrogant. If, if without God, it, we, we live in human arrogance. And this is what... It, James is getting at. So when, when we look at this idea of living your life, the plans we make, I don't know about you, um, I'm, I'm not such a planned type of person, although um, my wife would tell you I don't have any plans. <laughs> well, I plan to get up in the morning and <laughs> go to sleep at night. But what James is looking at here is the way we conduct our daily life he talks there about, you know, you will go business, you will go here, you will spend time in that city. At the time that he was writing, he was speaking to, to believers from, from, from a Hebraic or Jewish background, spread out through Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then into the, the, the coast of Turkey, what is modern-day Turkey today. Um, many people spread. There was a diaspora. And at that time, there was something that people... Um, lived their lives in what was called, historians called Pax Romana, Roman peace. Pax Romana, the, the, the whole world, known world at that time, the time of Jesus, there was a sort of thing where the Romans governed a huge part of the world. And where they governed, there was amazing communication, incredible roads, and also they policed that on the seas. They got rid of piracy. Uh, they got rid of banditry. It, there was banditry on the roads, but there was great communication. So, so in, it, it, a lot of people say it was, it was a vicious world to live in, and yet it was a very cultured world to live in. That's the thing. And, and there was a sense of peace where people could get on and do life. And so into that, um, you know, a lot of people were able to roam quite freely from this city to that city to, to conduct business. And, and some of the dispersed, the diaspora, were probably merchants and people. So, so James is speaking into a, a world whereby there was a sort of a, a real sense of peace and where you could live your life and do your life, okay? And that's the gist of what he's speaking into. And um, it's a bit like, I suppose, anyone that lived... So after the Second World War, after the Second World War, so from the 1950s to the 2000s, or the 90s, let's say, the 1950s to the 90s, there's been what we would call relative peace in the nations, and with that has come in our name, prosperity, and with that, people have just gone and done their lives. So James was speaking into an environment that was sort of a bit similar. Since the pandemic there seems to be a, a greater shakiness in our world. Maybe it was always there anyway. But um, James is speaking into this environment of this, this sense of people just getting on with planning their lives, doing life, doing their thing. And 
It's not that he's, 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 knocking, he's knocking the fact of making plans because plans isn't, aren't wrong. Living life is, isn't wrong. You know, you're going to live your life. You're going to you look to who you want to marry or, or how you conduct your marriage or your home and your family, the job that you want, you know, where you're going to go away on holiday. You, you, you make your plans. Making plans in, per se, it, that's life. That's normal. It's, it isn't wrong. And James isn't knocking the fact about making plans. But where our plans go astray is when we make plans without God. Boom, we've landed now. <laughs> Nine minutes in. I, I keep account of, of the time that we have. I've done, done that since the pandemic when we did online and we, did, we would do a video and we would only keep them to 20 minutes. So, making plans without God. And so James speaks of your schemes of in arrogance. The arrogance is that I will go here, I will go there, I'll buy this, I'll do that. It's not wrong to buy and go and do that, but it's when you've got that, I'll do, I'm doing it. Oh, and God, will you bless that, please? It's that sense. And what comes in is a sense of human arrogance that I do this. God is left on the back burner, really. God is left out. And this is what James is speaking into. It's about plans without God. And plans without God, he likens to human pride, which is really dangerous for your soul, your spirit, and for our, our faith. It will corrode your faith. And for James, faith without living it is dead. So with, if, we, if we plan without God, it will corrode your spiritual life. It's corrosive. And so he, he puts a perspective on it and he says, we need to say if it's the Lord's will. So we're going to look, that's where we're going. So making plans per se isn't wrong, but it's plans without God. And, you know, because the Lord God has plans. He has a purpose for us in life. God has a plan and a purpose. The thing is with human beings is we just, if we're not careful, we can, we can get taken up. And we looked at this last week by this world. Stuff, things, life, me. The stuff that's going wrong in life. It can, the stuff that's going well in my life. And so we plan accordingly and God can be left out. And, we, and, and what happens is we become detached a little bit more and a little bit more before we find ourselves a long way off, very far from God. And this is what James is um, speaking about here. And this is what he's... Cheerio, Joanne. <laughs> Don't worry, it's not something... I hope it's not something I've said. I think... <laughs> she just needs to get somewhere quick, probably. <laughs> That's the way she was it's great that we're so relaxed that you can actually do that, isn't it? We're not the sort of church where you have to go... Reaching out to a net? I don't know. God, dearie me. Okay, yeah, plans. That's it. God's plans. So God has plans for you and I. And this is the beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. God isn't planning us and pushing us here and pushing us there. God has beautiful plans. Wonderful, beautiful plans for you and I. And if we, and if we live a life that's just for me, without God, we miss out on his beautiful plan. Which I think is tragic. And so this is what James is getting at, um, I believe. A, a, be a beautiful verse... I don't believe I'm taking it out of context. 
There's many verses in the Bible about the plans of God. But God says to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it's a very famous verse on the plans of God. And speaking to Jeremiah and the prophet, when the, the, the Israelite nation is, is, is imploding, really, collapsing and being taken off into captivity, uh, not a time that you think is a very good time in the nation at that time in Jeremiah 29. But he says this. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. That's to Jeremiah and the nation that was imploding at the time, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has plans and purpose for each one. Now, he was speaking to Jeremiah and the nation at the time. There's plenty of other verses throughout the whole Bible. But God has personal plans for you that give you hope and a future. You might not feel very hopeful right now, but I want you to hold on to this. If you can line your heart and life with the heart and life of God, the purpose and plans of God are good. It's not pie in the sky. God is a father who cares about you and I, his creation. He formed us. He knows us. He wants the best for us. Because he loves you and I. He loves his creation, wants us to be with him. And so he has plans to prosper, not to harm you, plans of hope and a future. Um, I came across this uh, interesting quote by a guy called Mark Hart. And he said, The man, how about the plans of God? This is about the purpose and plan of God. I thought this illustrated that. It's an interesting quote. It says, The man who built, so the man who built the manger had a purpose in mind. God had another. You'll never know how far-reaching God's plan is for your work. The man who built the manger, so when, G, you know, we, we, at Christmas we think about the manger, the feeding trough, the son of God, the baby laid, you know, God incarnate, come in the flesh. And so the person who made the feeding trough thought, well, that'll be for animals, sheep and goats. They'll be feeding out of that. But God's plan was the son of God. It's amazing, isn't it? I read this and I thought, oh my word, that's a good quote. That's amazing. This is a very clever man there. Cleverer than me. It revealed. But God, isn't that amazing? So God has a, so your life, my, me, I won't point to you, my feeding trough, me, right? I think I've got, I'm going to do this. But if, and, and if I just do this, this, that's my plan, I'll do just this. But God has a plan for me that might be that. And if I just live for me without him, I'll miss out on it. And, and so that is an amazing quote. The man who built the manger had a purpose in mind. Some sheep are going to feed out of it. But God had another, and you'll never know how far-reaching God's plan is for your life, your life and work. God's plan was that his son, the son who would take away the sin of the world, the universe, would be in that. If that man had known who built that feeding trough, he would have thought, oh, I'll carve it out a bit smoother there. Can you imagine? Wow. Wow, God's got a plan for you and I. And uh, secondly, moving on. So we don't want to miss out on his plans, do we? I don't. I don't know about you. But I would say God's got a plan for your life. And uh, he, he cares about you. Now, now so, so James says this. So planning without God, it's pride. It's human pride. That's what it is. I, I, I think it's a really dangerous, corrosive thing in our lives, to conduct my life and my business of my life, my work and my job. And, 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 I, and don't, don't, don't think we can get away with it saying, oh, I'm going to do this. Please bless it today, Lord. That isn't conducting my life in the plans of God. It's I'm giving you my life. 
and your plans in my life, God. That's in the plans of God. It's like pride. And so in verse 16, he says, he talks, James speaks about your boasting, your arrogant schemes. Look at it in verse 16. He's, he refers to your arrogant schemes. You, your, your plans are like arrogance. It's proudful. Proudful? Prideful. Prideful? Proud. They're proud. It's proud anyway. That's what he's saying there. It's like they're arrogant. Oh my. It's like an arrogance to the creator. And so this is a wake-up call. So James then shares a wake-up call that brings, brings us down to earth. He says, you don't know what will... Two things. This is the wake-up. He, 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 you know, the, the sheer arrogance, the pride. And so he wants to deal with the pride. And so he says, look at this. He says, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. And then he goes on to say, you're like a mist that appears just for a while and vanishes. Two things. You'll see it there in, in the verses before you. He says, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. It's as if he wants to really shake and wake us up Shake us out of our pride. He says, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. Why are you so arrogant that you, you think you're going to do this, you think you're going to do that? We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't, do we? I don't mean that in a negative way. It, it, it's, it's, it's a fact. It's a fact. Um, you sometimes, I've seen, on a, you know, you get these bumper stickers on cars. Uh, life is fragile. Handle with prayer. Rather than handle with care, fr- handle with prayer. Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. Life is fragile, handled with prayer. We do not know what tomorrow will bring. And this is what J- James, James says. And he goes on to say, you're like a mist. Another translation says, like a vapour that appears a little while and vanishes. There's this sort of arrogance that I will live in the moment. I'll do this. I've got that. I'm, I'm going to be this. It's as if when you're, when you're in your 20s, you, you, it's as if it, it's going to be like this forever. When you're in your, I know, I'm, I'm standing over this side now, it's as if I've gone off the edge. When you get to, when you get to about 60, when you get to 80, <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm not there, I'm not quite that yet. But, but it, so, so it's pride, it's like human arrogance. You know, I would say this, arrogance kills acknowledgement. Human arrogance kills the acknowledgement of God. Arrogance kills acknowledgement. This is what James is trying to, wants to really, really, it's a wake-up call to, to believers, for you and I. I. I would say that arrogance kills acknowledgement. You know, the, the arrogance is this. By just conducting your life without God in your life, without giving a care, a thought or a care, without, without him being central, it, it, it's, it's, it's an arrogance. And what it does, it, it just kills off acknowledgement. We, you don't see God, you don't sense God, you don't know God, you don't feel God. God it's, it's as if God's not there. And it, it's, it's very, it's, that's why planning without God is like a, it's a pride, it's an arrogance, and it's corrosive for the spirit, for the for, for, our, for our, 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 our growth as a believer, our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's corrosive. And what happens is we get caught up in me and we get caught up in the moment. The danger is this. When we plan, and we, we, when God isn't in, as we, the, as we start to move away from the, the plan of God for my life and, and, and God is, it, it, I'm a, I still am a believer, I love God, but... What happens if we begin to move away? As we begin to move away, something else kicks in. It's called me. It's, just, it's not that nothing happens. The me starts rather than the God. 
or Je- Jesus. And to me, and then, and then something else, as, as, as we become, I'll, I, so this is what he's saying, you'll go here, you'll build this, I'll do that, I'll do that tomorrow, I'll, I'll do what I like. It's the me starts to kick in. And if you continue in the me, then something else happens. We start to live more moment. We live just now, 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 now. Bye, 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 bye. Get, get, get. We live in, in just the, the moment. The me and the moment just sort of kicks in. It's this world. There's nothing else. that We don't see anything else. And it becomes very small. We looked at this last week. Life becomes very small. It's, it's a, it, 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 we think that it's great and it's big, but it becomes very small and constricting. Uh, and can I just say this? It's not wrong to enjoy good moments. It's not wrong to enjoy this day. To, 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 I don't know, if you like shopping, I don't know, maybe you like shopping, but if you like to enjoy that, that shopping trip or whatever it is, or, 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 or whatever it is that you like doing, or, or you know, this, this moment at the gym, or this, this you know, or, or, or this, this moment playing football. Or, we have mo- the, the moments of life. It's not wrong. It's not wrong per se, just for that, but it's when we live, for me, and in the now, me today, my, my, now, moment, moment. We live just for that. We, that's the danger, and that's, that's, what, that, that's where the pride and it, it comes in. Um, C.S. Lewis said this. A proud man always, is always looking down on things and people. Man or woman, for that matter. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you cannot see something that is above that's the danger of living for me, living in the moment. It's like arrogance. It's an arrogance. God's not in it. God's not in my life. And so what happens is you get to a point where you do. And so I know Christians that become hardened. I know Christians that, that, that can be unmoved by God. They, they would still say, I'm a Christian. They might, you, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to look at anyone now, but you might even be sitting here right now. <laughs> Because, because we're, we're, we're so looking down, you know, we're, we're, that we can't, see, we can't look up and see God. Humility says, I need you, Lord. I give you my life. That's humble yourself. It's an acknowledgement. This is why I say, you know, um, arrogance, this arrogance of my life and I'll do it my means that we're not in a place for acknowledgement of God because we don't see him. We're looking down on everything that we can't look up. C.S. Lewis had an amazing way of writing. He had an amazing way of putting things. He was an incredible writer and, and uh, spiritual insight. So when we're looking down, we can't see God. And so we, we, uh, we, we need then. So finally, so finally, final point, Perspective. And um, so we need some perspective on our plans that deals with our pride. And this is what, and this is what James says. And so James uh, says, um, says this. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord, Lord's will, we will live and do this and do that. See, so he's acknowledging God. James says, acknowledge God, know God. And that's how you put the perspective on your life. Verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. Love for God 
puts life in perspective, quite simply. A heart love for God puts the, our lives in true perspective. Life is in, comes into real perspective when we, we have a, a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we, with our Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ in the person and power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I put it this way. You know you say you, you like perspective. It's like you get a bird's eye view on everything. You can see everything in perspective. You and I need a God's eye view. We need a God's eye view on life. A God's eye view on your life. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I can't see the wood from the trees. I don't know where I might be going. I don't know how this is going to work out. I can't see a way through this dark point, this place, this tunnel, or the pain that I'm in. And so we need a God's eye view. We need to be lifted up and out so that we can have a, 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 we need a revelation. God needs to, we need, God needs to reveal you know, his plans for our hearts and our lives. And I think this is our challenge because we're missed and momentary. It's all very well as you say, you need a God's eye view on life. You need to love God with all your heart. That, that's, that's, that, is, that is the key. That's the key to perspective. But the, our challenge for you and I today is this, is that we are missed and we live in the moment. We're very, we are momentary people. And, and so, so he says, they, you, 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 you know, we live for the, this, what we see now. We, we live because this is, you know, you know, flesh and blood, here and now. That's, that's, that's what we are in, 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 in some respects. And, and we're, we're, it's momentary. We're, we're not here. And so, so to, to grasp the eternal, when I'm momentary and I'm flesh and blood, is a challenge. But if you're filled with the Spirit of God, forgiven through Jesus Christ, filled with the Spirit of God, born again. This is why you need to be born again. It's not just believing the Bible, coming to church and praying. These are all beautiful and good things, but it's being born again, born from above, born by the Holy Spirit, born by the Spirit, supernaturally born again, that God reveals and speaks into our hearts and lives through the power of his Spirit in our hearts and in our lives, forgiven by God. And that's how we get a God's eye perspective on life. And, and this is the challenge for, 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 your, for your life and, 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 and my life. A guy called um, Marcus Lamb said this, spending time with God puts everything else into perspective. Because we're missed, because we're momentary, because we are very much, we, we see you in the here and now, that will be the challenge. We get taken up with this. And so by spending time with God, it puts all of this in perspective as he touches our heart. He fills your spirit. He reaches it to your mind. Our minds are being transformed by Christ. That's what puts life in true perspective, and that's how we can get perspective on our plans. And so the challenge for us today is to spend time with God, to love God, to be known by God, because God loves spending time with you and loves spending time with me. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? Now, it's a great evangelistic scripture, but I love this 
God so loves, so loves the world. So loves. God so loves you. He would give his very best for you. But it doesn't then just end there and that's it now. But he wants to spend time with you and spend time with me. And so I, one of the things that I find is um, we can be taken up with all of this. But it's having moments. Talk about living in the moment. But having moments, time with God. And so as soon as you say that, everybody ducks and runs for cover. Because you think to yourself... I can't spend hours. I can't go off and be quiet for umpteen hours. You don't know my lifestyle. You don't know my family. You don't know the, 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 the amount of hours I've got to do at work. You, you, you don't know the hours. You're absolutely right. I don't know how many hours you're working and, 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 and what, how your finances are stretched and what you've got to do and the stresses that you have and, and, and juggling family life and children and, and responsible job and home and, and then my own life and your life and leisure. You're absolutely right. I don't know, but God does know. And in the midst of that, he wants us to give our hearts. And the way to do that is moment by moment. Not to think I've got to spend umpteen hours and I've got to sit in a quiet corner for, 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 for many... And I, I, you know, I, I can't get up at you know, six... You read the great, the great you know, Christian men and women of the past who get up at 4am and have two hours of the day and you might say, well, I can't do that. But, but what I would say is this, is, is... And we've talked about this a lot and we talk about this all the time, is cultivate a habit of giving God time based around the moments of our day. So whether you're at work and you have a moment, rather than you daydream, it's thanking Jesus for that part of the day. And then, you know, so it's as simple. It's not simplistic. It's as simple as this. And then later on in that day, you know, as you're driving, you stop at some lights, rather than nothing, it's... it's, it's, it's Saying Jesus, how good you are! You know, I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving my child, my family, my children to. It, and what you'll find is, as you, as you bring moment, and you you start to, you have to be intentional at first because this is, it's, it can be quite a challenge. As you intentionally start to give God, and you keep coming back, giving moments, you you find after a while a fresh a habit. So when you then, so if I. Do you stop at a set of lights or you're waiting for the bus. Rather than you daydream nothing, you, you find your default. You have a new default. Your, your mind and your heart starts to go to, I love you, Jesus. It's, it's not wacky and weird. If Jesus is living and alive, you can, you can live in that. You, you live in the moment of Christ. You live in the moment of Christ. And there is a place and for every believer where we can walk. So it's, you know, the old hymn, and he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. Yeah, so, so, so in your very hard, pressurised job and workplace, there comes moments when you can be in touch. And, you, and so, what, what you, what, and so as, you, as you're intentional, you try this, whether it's you, you read a verse, you, you're reading a verse, or, 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 or you start to, you, you look to pray, or you, or you open up your heart, We'll talk more about this in, 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 a, in, a, in how to do this more in the future in, in a number of weeks' time. I'm going to do a series on this of cultivating God's presence. So what I said, moments, repeated moments build momentum. 
I find Christians beat themselves up and say, I can't do that, I can't read for an hour, I can't pray, I can't do this. So I would say start with the moments, come again and again and again and again. You find you have a new habit, you find that you then have a new default, you find that you will default to this. So when I so if I stop at lights, I do think about something. If I'm in the shower, I do, at the start of the day, my natural default is to say, I love you, Lord. I don't even have to, I know that's no great shakes, but it's like you start to live in mo, and so you start to live. And moments like that start to build a momentum in your life. Honestly, perspective. Spending time with God puts everything else into perspective. Let's pray together. God bless you. If the worship team could come, you know, uh, 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 just for a moment, that'd be great. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we are gonna sing to close, not because it's just something to do in a moment or two, but to, to, to seal what God wants to do in our hearts this morning. I don't know about you. I don't know what your plans are. I don't know where you're at in your walk with Jesus. I don't know how you feel in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the person of the Holy Spirit whether you feel that you're alive in God, God is alive in you, but spending time with him puts life in perspective. It really does. It really does. And by giving him our lives and hearts and continual moments build momentum. So I just ask you to just open your heart in this next moment (laughs) for him to renew something. Restore something, renew something, reveal something. I, I think we're all different. <laughs> Don't take a brain surgeon to, to, to be able to understand that. But for some of us, we need God to reveal something to us about this. For some of us, we need God to renew Some of us, it's a refreshing so that the word of God becomes alive again. So that to just take a moment to pray starts to thrill your heart again. They're simple things. They're the simple things but they're the beautiful things. The plans that God has for you and for me. He's got plans for hope and a future. Wow. So Father God, this morning, our hearts, while we're here, we open. And we say, Lord Jesus, Come and have your way. O beautiful Saviour, mighty God, wonderful Holy Spirit, please have your way in my heart and in my life. As we open up our minds and our hearts to you, we pray, I pray, that you will reveal something to those that need a fresh revelation this morning. 
that you will renew your word, your love, Jesus, my love for you, that you will restore my faith, for I've been far, far, far from you. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. Heaven's perspective here on earth in my life is what I need, Father. And so, Lord, I just give you my life, my plans, my hopes, my fears, dreams, lack of dreams. I put my life in your hands. I put my life in your hands. Please, Holy Spirit, breathe afresh upon my heart, upon my life. In your name we pray. Let's stand together as we sing.